we're on the right path, you know, to talk chakras. Are we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like money, government, family, society, community. It's all first and second. Should we do an introduction um, to the whole thing? Like as in, why do we want to talk about chakras? Sure. What is the importance? Where do they come from? Does it matter if it's a totally real system? All those things. Well, I think that there's a Western understanding of the chakra system on an energetic level. Mm-hmm. Um, people come into the store all the time and they're like, I've seen a psychic and my heart chakra is wide open. And they're saying it as if it's like concrete truth. Mm-hmm. Where the, the chakras are a little bit more intricate than that and ever-changing on a biological level um well there's three levels there's the biological level your physical body has chakra centers in it and it is areas of the body which have a larger collection of nerves that generate a higher electrical impulse so the top of your head a lot of nerves at the top of your head, between the eyes, your pineal gland, lots of neuro- neurological activity in the brain. The base of the throat, you've got arteries, you've got your thyroid gland. Um, it's a narrow space, so your blood, you know, coming up mm-hmm. creates a fair bit of energy. Then you have the nerves that service the heart and the lungs, and then the activity that comes from that, like the heart beating generates energy, the lungs moving generate, generates energy. I know with the heart, there's a lot of study on the fact that it contains cells that are very similar to brain cells. For sure. So it's almost your second brain. Yeah. But and no, that's a physical, that's scientifically proven that uh, hunches and things like that do come from partially from the whole system, not just your brain. And I think that that's what the chakras do a beautiful job in doing is connecting it all. That's kind of what I, how I see it is it's a framework to understand what's going on. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the be all end all. This is exactly the truth. It just has to help you navigate. I have a book that's about five inches thick, six inches thick, huge. And I'm about seven years into it and it's got all the different chakra systems. So over time, like ancient civilizations and religions, um, they all kind of had their own chakra system to talk about. And it's similar. They're all similar and they coincide. It's really cool, actually. I haven't finished the book. I imagine it's going to take me another eight years yet. It's hard to just sit down and pound through it. <laughs> yeah. And then make the connections. Like you're literally just studying it so yeah and then you go below your heart and you have your solar plexus which is the the action of the body your diaphragm moves up and down and it creates a motion that draws air into your lungs so it's almost like the windmill of your body i think your liver's there your pancreas is there because it's not right up at the kidneys yeah your, your kidneys 
And then they kind of all interconnect, right? Because it's all the same nervous system. So, I mean, if you compress your spine and it pinches off nerves and the nerves start sending erratic impulses to your heart, essentially your heart chakra will become overactive. Or if Mm -hmm. it pinches off and it's not getting enough electrical current, it gets cold. So you can have an overactive chakra or an underactive chakra, but what we're looking for is, and then we move down a little bit from the solar plexus into the second chakra. It's like sexuality, finance, your lower back, um, relationships, creation, and then your root chakra at the very bottom between your sex organs at the base of the tailbone is your root chakra. And that's how you're receiving life. So yeah, there's a physical aspect as far as the organs that it affects, the parts of the body that it affects, the chemicals that it affects. There's a energetic component to chakras so that the energy you're giving off um, is affected by your nervous system, which is your brain. So each section of that spine, each section is connected to an area of the brain that stores emotion. And this is how the emotions get trapped into the physical body. So we're, we're, uh, we need to look at everything as one thing because nothing can be, nothing's disconnected. The brain isn't just floating there and then it reaches out and runs things. The, uh, the entire nervous system, including all the chakras is your brain. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a big, uh, we like to, narrow things down in our society chop them up and name them put them in tight little boxes (laughs) but if we continue down this line just to digress for a second uh your nervous system and everything that attaches to your brain is your body and then your body's touching the atmosphere and the ground and the and the cup i'm holding and everything else which is also my brain which is connected to the coffee maker that has the coffee in it and the uh the electricity that's running this computer which is shining light on my face right now which is coming into my eyes which mm-hmm. effectively means the entire world is my brain yes your perception your that is your experience mm-hmm. i like it that. would be good to go more holistically rather than less because that means you're becoming you're you're letting other things be part of your awareness some people that may be listening right now are really on the fence about whether or not a chakra is a, is a real thing. And I guess I kind of feel that it doesn't matter. What's real? <laughs> okay, well, I guess we decided we weren't going to go from top to bottom. We were going to go from bottom to top, right? Yeah. But you're <laughs> time, so that's the, you know, we can, we can just. Well, it helps to go in an order so that we can, uh, so they can name these podcasts too. So why don't we start at the bottom? God for your logistics, Tim. Just, <laughs> just be chaos. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. I'll just create chaos while you're trying to have logic. <laughs> oh, that, that's no problem. That's that's why we're doing this, right? <laughs> so basically, the name for the first chakra in English means root support, correct? Or your root, your foundation yes um now i i don't know nearly as much about 
these systems as you do. But it's your connection to Earth and your uh, your basically your grounding, right? It's the yeah. more solid part of you that attaches you to this place. Physical, yeah. So um, the material world, physical activity, survival, your instincts, how stable you're feeling. That's your hips and your legs, right? Perseverance. Like, are you stuck? Do you move forward? And it's governed by the adrenal glands. So what do the adrenal glands do? Um, Adrenaline is released when you experience fight, flight, or freeze. It is a survival hormone. Okay, so this is more... uh, uh brain doctors talk about the lizard brain Mm -hmm. that's the same area yes primal so how comfortable are you now when you're when you uh do a lot of meditation according to brain scans that area of your brain actually shrinks so how does that affect your connection to the root chakra you don't take it so seriously (laughs) You know, because I mean, if you are walking in survival and you're kind of in the root, um, you know, you're looking at your money problems, your food problems, your, um, you're mistrusting, you know, you're feeling greedy, you need to have lots so you don't run out. Like that's all lizard brain activity. Where when you're solid in your root, um, you have a sense of belonging, you know that you're connected with your community. So you will be provided for um, connecting into reality because often what puts us in our lizard brain is thinking of the traumas of the past or a space of lack in the future. Um, How you're treating your body really shows up here and how you're treating your body uh, really affects your mind. So, you know, are you feeding yourself? Like if you're one of those people who overeat, or undereat, that could be a disconnection in in the first chakra. Um, physically, it's located at the base of the spine. Um, I'll see if there's an imbalance in the first chakra. I'll see lots of pain in the legs, um, lower back, bowels, either constipation from holding on to their shit or diarrhea from. <laughs> And it's, and it literally comes down to this. The deeper you go into the chakras where you find like, because when the root's out of balance, you're literally in the lizard brain and surviving from that space. So how can you move that energy up to where you're, you're approaching life from a more balanced space? I mean, because if you're balanced in your root, manifesting your goals becomes quite easy. And as we move up, this will make more sense because once we get to the, you know, third eye or the crown chakra, we start to understand the mental space, how that mental space is affecting the root. But just as the root chakra, the color is red. So different sounds and colors affect the chakra. This is why the chanting in yoga um, is to balance the, the chakras. Each chakra has a sound, a seed sound, as well as a vowel sound so 
we would use these sounds and try to vibrate that area like in the in the case of the first chakra it would you would try to vibrate in your chanting all the way down into your pelvis or your your lower back using the sound to release the energy so the color is red for for that chakra yeah. uh now how's that attached to the sense of smell because it feels uh, sandalwood is good for the root dirt smelling dirt feeling dirt feeling the earth the forest that's good because it puts you in it this you know this earthly experience cinnamon uh myrrh i know lots of people like like the smell of freshly turned dirt mm -hmm. um just really feels like you're uh you know right close to nature connected and that really is the that really is the, po the point the the smell of the earth the the senses to allow yourself into your senses and connect with what's around you but if the world is a very scary place and your adrenal glands are overacting then it becomes very hard to connect to anything when you're in survival i know it for it doesn't matter who you are eventually you're going to have moments where you're where you're worried about what's going to happen next especially with how much unrest there is going on in the world these days there's going to be times where you're going to be you know wondering where the next paycheck or or where the money's going to come from for rent next month mm -hmm. i think yoga would ask you to be like are you okay right now right? are your needs met in this moment and what can you do about it this is really taking responsibility in the root for your body your life and letting go of family programming that may still be affecting you like generational programming that may still be affecting you um are, are your physical actions in your life matching your heart's desire because that's where the root connects to the heart and then to the mind you know like it all is this beautiful, chaotic system. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, if you don't accept where you're at right now and just and have a little bit of faith, mm -hmm. and and like you said, know that right at this moment your needs are met, then you can get caught up in a in like a little side cycle, mm -hmm. a downward spiral, I guess. Oh, yeah. And I mean, physical pain is housed in the first and second chakra. Physical pain is not easy. You know, when your body's screaming at you, it's really hard to make friends with it. And a lot of people that I've seen over the years come into the office and they're like, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to get a new hip, like their hips in London. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, I mean, I'm looking at them. I see the tendons. Like, because when I look at someone's body, I've studied the anatomy so well. They're like skeletons. And when I'm feeling them with my fingers, I can kind of tell where the muscles are and where the muscles should be. And you can kind of feel the, the dysfunction in the physical body of how they're stepping to the earth. Like, and that's, it's, it's been brilliant because 
I can tell how a person walks to the earth where the tension's going to collect in their knees and their hips and then up into their shoulders. Like it's pretty much like a roadmap. And so looking into the hips, um, there's those tiny little blood vessels that go to the very, to the bone at the top of the hip mm -hmm. uh, the, in the socket. Mm -hmm. And after looking at that just a little bit myself for studying yoga, mm -hmm. I was wondering, so when the muscles get all tense in your hips mm -hmm. from emotions or whatever reason, mm -hmm. and you don't deal with the problem and it just chokes everything off in there and the blood flow gets cut off to the, to the, to that bone, mm -hmm. is that what leads it to failing eventually? Yes. Because so many people break that top piece of their, of their leg bone off. Well, if the blood's not getting there, how are nutrients going to get there? And it becomes brittle and crusty. Oh, obviously, there's a, there's more more to it than just that. But is there like you know? Is, <laughs> is there? No, I mean just just being um, more to it than just being upset and holding emotions in your hips and being tight. Repetitive. There there can be other causes, I'm sure, but repetitive use. And and that's the thing. Like your hips are amazing only joint in your body that can roll a full 180 degrees that's that's hot <laughs> but what i what i find is most people if they're not stretching their their muscles get tight and it pulls that ball a little tighter into the hip joint and the hips are self-lubricating so the more you use your hips the more lubricant is produced so these people just do like especially in the west we have so many hip replacements because we sit in chairs we have just that forward and back motion. Not too many people are stretching their legs out to the side. So it actually wears the cartilage down and creates this track. So it becomes almost impossible for the leg to open up. I think that uh, that's a big misconception that we have is that our knees and our hips are like machines and they just wear out the more you use them. Oh, but that's <laughs> even with running. If you look at, if you, if you uh, study running, it does not hurt your knees unless you're running incorrectly somehow. But just the, the fact that you run every day does not hurt your knees. They don't wear out from that. So I imagine your hips in action and less walking means that those joints, like you said, they just, they're just sitting there and they don't get lubricated. They don't, uh, not as much blood flow, not as much food going to them. Mm -hmm. And then they don't have any reason to regenerate. Yeah. They're just choked off, closed up, just like a wing in a building that you never use. Birds are in there crapping on everything and <laughs> it just falls apart, just falls off. <clears throat> I think, or I feel like, because I, I see a lot of runners um, with hip problems. And a lot of them start out by saying, I don't need yoga because I'm a runner. Like that's their exercise where they have yoga in this exercise box. Same with dancers. I've seen a lot of athletes that use repetitive motion in their body. And what we come to discover with yoga is that yoga is like the thank you to the body for allowing you to use your body in a tool that in a way that you enjoy. Um, yoga is a way to 
release the physical tension so you have less of a chance of creating those repetitive in, repetitive usage injuries rather than just like a Thursday night exercise class. Like I, for me, I don't feel as though yoga and running are interchangeable. I think or I feel that yoga would make you like 2.0 of a runner or a quarterback. I've seen swimmers that have done, you know, dancers once they can create some movement in their in their hips and stuff. They feel as though they're better dancers. Or balance. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, yeah, because those quarterbacks I was working with were overthrowing their throwing arms so bad they were actually creating curvatures into the spine. And then what happens is when their, well, with the left side of the spine was becoming compressed and and weak. And the right side of the spine was very, very strong and dominant. And it was literally pressing into the nerves and causing nausea. So what happened is we worked to create balance between the left and the right side of the body, align the spine and the nausea went away. But he was literally compressing his spine to a point where it was creating a space of nausea. And I mean, how many people would go to the doctor and just start taking nausea medication when it was the structure of his spine? Well, using using the computer mouse with either your left or your right hand all the time, driving with only your right foot on the gas pedal for miles and miles in town, or all the things that we do like that. Um, the weight of the lower abdomen, if you if you have a healthy sized abdomen, <laughs> or <laughs> an unhealthy sized abdomen. <laughs> Oh gosh. Oh gosh. All this censorship, all this censorship. I don't know what to say anymore. Um, The weight of the abdomen, just like if you're pregnant, pulls down on the lower back and compresses the, the vertebra at the lower back. And if you use yoga as a tool for alignment and start with the structure of the spine, and, and that's what everything is. You want to be aligned in yoga aligning your spine through through soft compression and through soft extension. This is a hard thing to explain. Structure of your spine is extraordinarily important. Well, it, <clears throat> it makes sense to me that if, uh, if you're doing something constantly with one part of your body, that part will either grow or shrink depending on if it's a muscle, it's going to either be bigger or tougher. Or... Mm-hmm. And then the corresponding other side isn't getting that same action. So it's going to just turn. You're you're going to turn towards the side that's getting the more use. Mm-hmm. Which in turn means you're using one side of the brain a little more than the other. Or a lot more. So it throws the whole thing right from your brain out to the whole body, right? So this is um, why welders go insane. Oh, in my in my experience with welders has been that they go either they're either really happy and friendly or really the other way because they they concentrate really hard. They they uh, flip their helmet down. They've mm-hmm. got a welding rod in one hand, mm-hmm. always the same hand. And they're always concentrating really hard and looking and probably holding their head up because you've got that heavy helmet on. Uh, it's hot. 
it's like it's drawing all your attention you're focusing mm-hmm. hard on that one spot pushing with one hand and using the other hand to brace and you're always doing the same action repetitively over and over you have to get it perfect and while you're doing that you're thinking thoughts and if you tend to be the person that feeds the good dog or the bad dog this is where it really comes out in welders so mm-hmm. they're like uh they can be complaining about everything in their head that's gone wrong that day and thinking about how they're not getting paid enough and you know how their their equipment costs so much money and no one else has to work as hard as they do and it's just they're just pushing and focusing and thinking as hard as they possibly can and pushing burning that right into the universe or they could be thinking about how much they enjoy working with their helper and how glad they are that they're making so much money because welders typically do make a little more than everybody around them and how they're the all-star that everybody has to stand there and watch while they work hard and they're going to do this perfect job. They could totally swing it the other way, but it's a repetitive one-sided action, which their bodies are a mess. Their bodies are a mess. And I feel like their, their lives are a mess. They are very, they're, they're the most feast and famine people that I know. Things are going super great or awful. Mm-hmm. They don't have a, a lot of them do not have a middle ground. But we went a little astray from just the first chakra. They're being electrocuted constantly. That's true. So the contraction of the muscles for the, from the electrocution, uh, they, re- like they hit the brain too. Yeah. I got a thing for welders. <laughs> I, like I work around them all the time so I, I mar- used to be one married two of them that's right <laughs> my business partner is a welder <laughs> we were just talking about running beads this morning <laughs> oh, were you <laughs> so I was supposed to be in my forefront of my subconscious so. <laughs> um, I, just, I just went took my vision uh, my eye exam to make sure that I'm still good to be a welding examiner or a welding inspector Okay. So I'm still good. I can still see. Good. <laughs> too hard on their bodies. So hard on their bodies. Like losing fingers, like losing, because they have to hold those positions. A lot of the welders I know have lose feeling in their hands from the I still have trouble in my, in my right hand from uh, welding in that one shop all the time. Because our, we, would, we had production goals, of course. Mm-hmm. There was no slacking off. And you get good. You get good at one specific kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That one specific weld I was doing, I was, I was really good at it. I could do it in my sleep. But while I was doing it, I was clenching up my whole leg because I'm left-handed. So my left side was all just a tight mess. Yeah. Okay, so we've looked at our... Uh, root chakra a bit. I know this kind of relates to some of the meditations that I've been doing in a way, because I like to focus on gravity when I first start sitting. I like to feel solid and feel basically that the earth is holding me up. That's usually my starting point. I have to coax myself into it. You're not ready to connect. I start with the breath. And then I connect into my body. The breath's easier for me, though. Because otherwise not, like, I can, like, slowly, because I feel so much when I connect. 
that when I start with the breath, I can kind of ease myself into my senses and really fully be present in my body and in the gravity. I wonder if that's a masculine feminine thing. I don't know, but I do feel a really solid connection with gravity. It Gravity gives us a reason, a point. Without gravity, you'd have nothing. You'd just be floating. We always, we, it, there is one thing we can always rely on while we're on earth and that's gravity. I almost wonder if I'm more of a daydreamer and I prefer the floaty feeling. And then to come into the gravity and accept the, the gravity and the, the tension, it's a little bit more of a journey. But once again, completely unique. Tim's oh, recipe is right. different from my recipe, right? And it's about self-discovery. Doesn't matter how you get there. If I, I'm just looking out the window at trees right now. Mm-hmm. Trees know which direction is down and they know which direction the sun is in. Mm-hmm. And they always reach away from gravity. Mm-hmm. And same with uh, if you're in outer space and you're trying to grow plants or anything else they have they have issues because there's less gravity they don't know what you're people people's bodies don't function right without gravity mm-hmm. their eyeballs can't get rid of fluid and all kinds of things we're designed to anchor on you know, one end the root of extreme suffering to anchor into the physical body especially if there is pain well that's true but enough gravity can be a a bitch. <laughs> Your nervous system's compressed. <laughs> oh, we haven't even talked about falling yet. Oh, well, yeah. I'm tall. Falling is a bitch. Some of my worst dreams are falling dreams. I don't, I've never really had too many falling dreams. I don't like to fall, though. And that's just the brain. I fall more when I'm not in my feet. And that, I think that's what it means to be grounded. In order for me to navigate, like once I lost sight, in order for me to navigate, I had to come into my body. And that was all root. But I mean, do you have body shaming issues? Do you know what I mean? Like that's another thing too. I have a ton of body shaming issues. My, you know, I've had to make friends with my body. She wasn't the Mercedes I had hoped for, but me and my feet are going to (laughs) drive till the wheels fall off, you know? (laughs) I mean, a lot of people try to make their Fiat into a Mercedes. (laughs) Well, some of us are just with an F-150 and that's the way it is, but. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I love to look at my body as a car because it's just filters and pumps. And there was times I wanted a new car, but like, I can't get a new car. This is the only car I get. It's like my. Well, can you imagine the payments? Well, yeah, I think I've <laughs> seen people try to modify their cars to be like a new car, but a new set of bolt-on headlights is like 20 grand. <laughs> 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 I don't know. And then there's, there's filters and you know, people will actively avatars. People want to change their bodies. 
without teeth are part teeth are part of the root chakra as well aren't they or they're connected yes there's chakras in the teeth but i would say that's more heart well root and heart so yes root as well because that's how you feed your body we're just talking about modifying body parts and that's one of the things that people work on the hardest is their teeth i think that's heart when they first started when it was a few years back probably 2006 2007 when teeth whitening became a real big thing for the common person mm-hmm. and every once in a while i would come across a person with this blindingly fake looking smile of white teeth and i couldn't stand it and i i still haven't done that myself mm-hmm. But it just seems like such a strange thing to do to me. But now everybody's done it. So now, you know, those, those of us that haven't done it, we look like we've got real bad teeth. <laughs> eyebrows. I don't know about that either. Like, I mean, but it's so ingrained in human history, the body modification. I, I think that humanity, since we became self-aware, has had a fascination with our bodies and a repulsion at the same time. It's like those interesting little dance. Like it's fascinating in the fact that I don't even have to think to open and close my hand. Yet then we come to like excrement and that's all of a sudden disgusting, right? Yet it obviously has to happen. Right? But like the part of us that, you know, I have a button actually, because I collect like buttons with weird sayings that says pretty girls poop. And I bought it because it was hilarious. Because like, what about being beautiful makes you not poop? Being an android? <laughs> you know, like a fake pretty, person? Pretty girls don't poop. I'm going <laughs> to... Well, if you're imaginary, you don't have to poop, right? Well, that's right. Or just a fantasy. There's this fantasy that <laughs> girls don't poop, I guess. And that becomes the problem. And there's the root in the mind. Are you living in some fantasy world full of filters and avatars and catfishing? And, you know, are you putting on a front? Are you wearing a veil to who you actually are? And that's how the mind interacts with the root. Well, yeah. Are you really connected with what's here? Mm-hmm. Or are you floating above it, thinking that women don't have hair on their legs and, uh, you know, guys have to have beards? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Facts, you know. Everyone should look like Jason and Momoa and, I don't know, Cameron Diaz. When 99.9% of us don't. No, it's are like hairless monkeys. But beauty is... For one, in the eye of the beholder, Um, humans have a fascination with beautiful things, rocks and crystals and jewels and waterfalls and, you know, this. But what's, what's, what is beauty? You know, what's the standard to, to beauty? Then we get the lizard brain back in there again. (laughs) which is the root we've decided and it sees that beautiful thing. And then it wants, it gets afraid that it won't be able to see that thing anymore or have that be around that thing. So then it has to own the thing. And jealousy is huge in the root. 
and, and I mean, like being sexually assaulted, that's what I came down to, is that that's what the problem was. They were unbalanced in the root. All that mattered was that lizard brain and the want to be powerful. That's all that was there. So the the lower you live in your root chakra, like those people running around just collecting money or, you know, just self-serving reptilian type activities, you know, that's the, that's how far they're evolved. You can't really do nothing about someone else's evolution, you know, depth of capacity of understanding. You don't really need to do anything about it, though, necessarily, unless it's uh, hurting people. Well, even in that case, I mean, in being assaulted, that creates trauma to the root and the, and the second. So I could do two things is I could exist. I could pull myself down and exist in that reptilian space myself of fear and unsettlement. And, you know, I probably wouldn't go out and start assaulting people, but I might be a little bit more aggressive and defensive and have walls instead of healthy boundaries. So that's my choice. I can be in that root space of survival, or I could try to find compassion for my assailants and move up into a more of a heart space. You know, work through the, I had to work through the, the sexual issues. I had to work through the confidence of being sexy and then move it up into my heart where like, I don't want to exist in that fear anymore. We can't, we can't fix all the problems of the world just by wanting to, and then going out and struggling to do it, but we can work on a gentle upward spiral, mm-hmm. which has to start with us. So first we have to not do more harm. Mm-hmm. whether to ourselves or anybody else, just like you talked about draw, you know, staying in the reptilian area, mm-hmm. or if you're going to slowly work yourself up from there. So on your spiral, you can influence other people just a little bit at a time and just slowly sweep upwards. And the further up you go, the lighter it feels, the less pressure you feel. But it has to start with uh, do your best to do no harm, though. Uh, to yourself and others, yeah. Mm-hmm. Your physical body, what are you doing that's harming yourself? And that's all. the only thing yoga's been for me is the, the inquiry inward. Because, I mean, when, when you strip that all away, I'm nothing. I'm just a being experiencing this world. I'll never really be able to fully ex- express my experience. I can find common ground with people, but this experience is unique to me and my perception. And then the higher you kind of rise, the more you can understand and unlock that you can, the more you change your perspective, the more the experience changes to adapt to your perspective. It's just you. And then there's connection, but I mean, solid in yourself before you can actually fully healthily connect to anyone else. And you're learning and growing. If anything annoys me about the chakras the most is when people talk about like, oh, my heart chakra is balanced. So they never have to deal with their heart chakra again. That's not how it goes. Every situation you're in will change the vibration of your chakras, even going into a different room. 
your chakras react to your mental state and then the energy around you. You know, sometimes you sit in heavy presence and maybe you'll start to feel it in your heart. You were perfectly fine before you hung out with a person and then you get with this person and it was super heavy and it changes your your energetic state and then you feel that energetic state in your body and then when you feel that in your body your mind tries to come up with reasons why you feel that way (laughs) and you start justifying it (laughs) let's go back to the car analogy for a second so you take your fiat Mm -hmm. uh and you're driving along and and you're in a in a lazy residential area and you get you've got that fiat tuned right up like it's it's running perfectly And then you turn off that uh, nice residential area and you go into a, down a back road, a mud back road. And there's potholes, there's puddles, there's rocks. You hit a rock, you scrape off, you know, something on the one fender and, and uh, splash some mud on the windshield. And then you come off the other side and then you just hit the residential area again. You're not, it's not running the same way. No. But it was tuned perfectly for where it was and for, what was happening before that yeah and now you a mess <laughs> <laughs> so first thing you gotta do is go wash your car off so you can assess the damage <laughs> yeah and then get to work and the constant state of change it's all a constant state of flux it flows it, you know so then you'll get your feet running perfectly And then, you know, you're driving down the highway and a brick smashes through the windshield. You keep going. Yeah. Or it's parked in a parking lot while you're at Walmart and somebody keys it or dings the door. Victim and then, you know, root. How could someone do this to me? Or a hit and run. You know, that's always, that's like a super assault on a car. They just ran. They didn't, you know, do the right thing. Yeah. So then every time you go and look at your car, you see the dent from the guy that didn't do the right thing. And then you become mistrust, you know, mm-hmm. I had a friend that had her welding truck stolen and it was super hard on her. Super hard on her. Oh, I know. I, I had my truck broken into in January and I was a mess for days afterwards. Violations. And it's, I love that we're using the car analogy because it's my favorite when I go to like these old guys houses and they got like, you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cars and they're sitting there with diabetes and i'm like if only you would change the oil on your body like (laughs) (laughs) like you do your other 50 cars you know like this is your vehicle but they're so obsessed and i mean you know maybe they don't like their fiat they got as a physical form of transport you know transportation so they have to express it and i mean and i'm a car fiend i i do appreciate a beautiful car so but you are not your car <laughs> you're not no. your you might be stuck with your car right now or feel stuck with it but you are not it it's like i'm you know it it I'm probably not- it depends on where you live in the world. Where we live, you need a car because everything's far apart. Yeah. 
in other places, they would think this conversation is ridiculous, maybe, because they're never going to own a car. Yeah, they have public transit. But in rural Canada, I mean, it's not unheard of for people to have three or four cars. But it also is, you know, I mean, how many kilometers are you from a grocery store? Um, minimum of 34. So, yeah, unless you want to get a horse. And that's not even a good grocery store. That's just the closest one. The one yeah. I would never go to. <laughs> Probably, I guess they get their vegetables that the other stores don't want. That's That's right. <laughs> hey, when you start eating mainly produce, you get picky. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you need you need it to last, right? Like you don't want to spend all that money. Eating produce in Canada is expensive, especially you know come the end of winter, midwinter, end of winter, when our cucumbers come from Guatemala. We never discussed. Uh, Food connections to their root chakra. I know people talk about meat being your connection. Mm -hmm. Root vegetables. I feel like that as well requires balance. I know people who eat far too much meat and they're very heavy into their body. And then we've discussed this before. I know people who don't eat enough meat and they are not in their bodies so it would depend what you need well that might be the way your your car is set up if you've got your engine tuned a certain way you're going to need unleaded fuel mm -hmm. are you a diesel but you can't so maybe, your diesel. maybe you need to change your uh, spark plugs and until you do you need premium <laughs> Everything's bunged up. <laughs> I don't. So I don't know. I don't know if it's a firm need for a certain type of food as so much as what this system is built to handle at this moment in time. Now, what do you want to do with the system? How is the system feeling? Because if you're feeling like crap all the time, maybe try not to eat meat. I, we have some weird stigmatism around this and where we're at because. You eat meat for everything. Or dairy. Or dairy. And I think that it's so ingrained that people have a hard time choosing, you know, what to eat, like just because we're so a meat driven culture. Um but the the changes that take shape in the body when you start feeding it differently. And loving it differently. Love love your feet. You know, with cars and trucks, I feel like the the vehicle treats you better if you clean the inside. Yes, it seems to run better. You seem to have less problems. If you've got uh, the front seat right full of empty pop bottles and food wrappers and who knows what going on in the back seat, if you have kids, <laughs> things like, are rough. <laughs> Your body is going to be the same way. And if that, if your body is your definite solid connection to earth, which it has to be, mm -hmm. and you're treating it terrible, how are you possibly connected solidly? It'd be just like a weak electrical 
getting back to the welding. If you've got a weak electrical connection and it's shorting out, you can't get your current and uh, it's not working. You can't, you can't strike an arc. You need to have a solid connection and that connection has to be clean. It can't be all gummed um, up. Yeah. I like it. And the yoga poses, there's yoga poses that stimulate and then de-stimulate. Is that a word? Unstimulate. Stimulate. No. <laughs> no, it's not a word. None of these are words. None of these are words. Um, so you can activate or reduce activation into a chakra by using certain yoga poses. And the yoga poses are designed to cleanse the body from the inside out. It's a Western view of yoga to think that what's going on on the outside is, is a reflection of your yoga practice because it's really about massaging from the inside out. Beauty comes from the inside out. And, and then as far as the electrical current goes, that's your prana or your chi or your force. And the, and the more stress-free you are, the more tension you can release, the healthier you feed your body. Like the, the food you eat is the energy you're ingesting. So if you eat something that is just plucked from the earth, just full of, you know, earth prana, because she has her own energy system, Mother Earth does, when you pluck a carrot from the earth, it's far, like 10 times more nutritious than when we get them from Guatemala. So what, what are you eating? And I mean, and, then, and this goes down to a, like a mind diet as well. Are you constantly watching TV? Are you constantly you know, taking selfies and filtering them, are you constantly, all that affects your, your prana as well. So can you connect to your food? Anyway, I'll tell you, you cannot connect to fast food. Well, not as easily for sure. It leaves you feeling empty almost. Exactly. You can bless it. Like, I think that's your best bet. If you get a cheeseburger, I mean, you sometimes you can't avoid, you know, a McDouble, but if you just bless it, that might raise its prawn up a little bit. Same with, that's why, you know, hunters blessing their meat. Like, thank you. Thank you for giving your life. And that gratitude goes into the animal and then you ingest that energy. So I, I think even taking the time to mentally focus on the gratitude for the meal in front of you changes the vibration of the food. And then I, I ingest that vibration because that's how energy works. It's, you know, I'm consuming energy to create energy. I'm making heat, just like a wood furnace. So what is the quality of energy that I'm consuming? What kind of wood are you burning? You know, what kind of gas are you putting in your, in your gas tank? I guess the fast food would be the equivalent of old rotten wood. Yes, or, you know, farm gas with some dye, you know, <laughs> just a little extra bung, you know. The cheapest stuff. Right? And I know people who will do anything to save money on food so they can buy material things. They will buy the cheapest. Well, I mean, and shitty food isn't really all that cheap. They'll buy the convenient foods the low the low vibrating foods and then splurge their money on sports cars so they're valuing the material over the physical body that's experiencing the material which mm -hmm. there's nothing 
loving sports cars. Like I will have a Mercedes convertible one day. I will not be my Mercedes convertible. I may not have it forever, but I will drive her, you know? And if she doesn't come, then whatevs. Like, I'm not less of a person, but I would definitely like to manifest a Mercedes convertible in my life. I've been manifested other things, so I'll give that a go. But I'm not that car. My Fiat is my main concern, right? Like, But everything, you know, you have to look at that. Am I buying shit food? And in exchange for all these material things. And wanting some different material, this, this kind of, I guess, being grateful for what you already have and your connection the way you have it and not wishing for something else because that's not being solid in the world either. Like, as an example, we're living on an acreage in the middle of nowhere and, and my wife and I both kind of feel like we should be somewhere else. But I've given up on that idea right now because I'm here mm-hmm. and I have, well, there's a lot of benefits to where I live and there's mm-hmm. some good things here and I need to just be with those things right now because I'm here anyway. Mm-hmm. To be worrying about and wishing that you were somewhere else is kind of ridiculous because you're here and you could be enjoying those things and building on those things. Everybody's life is kind of like that. Like if you, if you aren't super happy with your body, what are you going to do about it? Just be unhappy. Mm-hmm. If you uh, have a job right now that if you're lucky enough to be working and you have a job and you really want a different job, you have to be happy with the job you've got to a degree to let it take you to the next one. Mm-hmm. This or something better. Yeah. this is That's your connection to this world mm-hmm. uh, where your income comes from. Like, essentially, you've created it. At one point in time, you've wanted what you had, but you have. But you if you're sitting there, if you're, if you're just sitting there worrying about how you don't like it, you're not going to get anywhere because you're just tied up in not liking. Exactly. You won't have gratitude for what you've created. And then if you have gratitude for what you've created, then more will come. But if you're sitting there in a lower vibration in your reptilian brain, this is not enough, this is not enough, this is not enough, then you're going to totally block yourself into a space of lack. And the mental space of lack will spill over to the physical or the physical space of lack, you know, will spill over to the mental. Like a physical space of lack, I mean, by not proper nutrition, minerals, mindset. So now if you, if you, uh, if you own a Fiat, <laughs> don't go four by fouring on purpose. <laughs> no. Maybe start by getting your Fiat some new suspension if you want to go into more adventurous territories. You know, solid up the suspension. Do some cardio, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um but I mean, in the same sense, drive your Fiat like it's a Ferrari. Yeah, put some good music in that stereo. You know, like I have a Chevy Equinox and I pretend it's a Mercedes convertible all the time. All the windows down, tunes loud, you know. How do we like our corners <laughs> tight? How do we like like <laughs> loud? That's right, little buddy, and we're off, right? <laughs> like, So 
So in my in my in my heart, I'm grateful for the car I have, and I drive it like it's a Mercedes convertible. Yeah, it's just same as my body. Especially, don't drive your body like you stole it. Or do. There's a uh, book, and I can't remember the name of the author right now. Somewhere, something wicked this way comes. Mm. Science fiction novel, quite old, mm-hmm. where. I guess plot spoilers are okay. Yeah. Uh, the basic plot is people are becoming possessed by these demons and they just start doing crazy, horrible things, killing people, rape, etc. And it turns out that the technology has become available where you can just hijack somebody else's body. You don't want to act like that with your own body. You need to take care of it because there's consequences. So these people had zero consequences and that's why the total, everything in the world became mayhem. No consequences and just, you know, rape and pillage and wreck. <clears throat> we have to do the opposite with our bodies. We have to appreciate them and do our best to take care of them. If you want to. <laughs> I mean, maybe to some people this sucks. I don't know. Like Maybe. I- really understood this some people i know some pretty healthy people and slip and fall and bump their head and they're gone and i've known some people to live years on the streets of the east side of vancouver on heroin how does that work you know you know people that you know never smoked a day in their life and they get lung cancer that you can see a 90 year old I wasn't suggesting that you just sit there and take and take no risks or anything else. I just mean, um, you know, so don't go cliff diving when you don't know how. Uh, yeah. I know two people have collapsed along and nearly died that way. So <laughs> cliff diving is dangerous. Prepare yourself for the situation ahead of you. Don't jump into lakes when you don't know how to swim. Or, or do. I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't know. I've almost drowned a couple times. I'm done jumping into lakes. <laughs> will though. Free will. Some of us are sinkers, you know. That's right. I'm a floater. So you can jump into lakes if you want, but if I jump in, I just go walk, stand on the bottom. I need two weight belts to scuba. Mm. I'm like a big turd. Just float to the top. But I think. Like free will is so important. What you believe is true. Like what you believe to, what you choose to believe is is your reality. It's your, it's your truth. And what you believe to be true is. And 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 that really becomes apparent when we get up into the higher the higher chakras. Well, this has been great. I have lots to think about for the rest of the day. I made some notes. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, oh, now I've, I feel like slacker. I have a, I have a drive today ahead of me, so I get to spend some time in my vehicle, and appreciate it. Yeah. It's the Ferrari you always wanted. Keep it. Well, it's, it, it's not shabby, but it's not a Ferrari. <laughs> I would, yeah. And it's okay to have in the same sense, if you are not your possessions, it's okay. A lot of, there's a lot of spiritual gobbledygook around the idea that 
if you're a truly spiritual person, you can, you have to have nothing. And, and I feel like the truth in that is, is that if you're a truly spiritual person, you can have whatever you want, but you are not those things. As long as your value is not tied up into your possessions, feel free to enjoy this material experience all you want. Create. And that's I'm sure I'm I'm sure we're gonna get into material possessions on a different chakra as well, right? Yeah, into the second. The first and the second are super tight. And sex. That should get some listeners on board. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well thanks for the chakra talk. Thank you.